Hello, welcome to this episode 57 of the Northern Invasion podcast. You are joined by myself, Stu West, and we have Mr. Scott Smith. Evening all. We have um, Mr. Nathan Watson. Hello. And um, maybe at some point soon, we'll have a Leah. We've been abandoned by JP because he's, he's, he's sitting in Warhammer World. Nobody's been able to tear him away from the cabinets where he's looking at Bondo loving him. So he's, he's left us. He's outgrown us. He has. He's, uh, he's, he's probably with a, a, a bigger, more smooth and well-oiled podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well-oiled. Oiled from head to toe. He's on a beach somewhere even, with some podcast veterans. <laughs> So, um, this is us. Um, we're uh, back from our first tournament weekend. It sounds like one of you is moving furniture around, but I'm sure nobody minds. So, we're back. Um, Scott, you hosted. How did it go for you? Yeah, it was good. It was uh, it was hard work. I was uh, just, I think I put a tweet out saying I was absolutely exhausted on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, that wasn't even playing. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I felt rusty, uh, and I wasn't playing. I know it was a. It was a warm day. Um, well, not as warm as it has been uh, up here, but it was good. It was great having everyone around again. The place was buzzing. It was. It was. It was loud, and I, yeah. I wondered. I wondered if it was loud because there was more talking going on because of AOS three, maybe. There's, uh, maybe. There's maybe more everyone was excited to see maybe everyone again, more... though, weren't they? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was just um, playing face to face the first time in well, nearly a, nearly a year, I guess. Or maybe it's maybe it's AOS three, or maybe it's everything all combined. New armies that no one has got a clue what they do because they haven't played against them yet, or yeah. or everyone trying to trying to understand what do I do here? What's the what's the next part of this game? Uh, how, how do we play this turn? Uh, I don't know. But it, but it, it definitely got easier. Well. It got easier it as we got through it. <laughs> Good. So what we thought we'd do, um, these things last for two hours, so that's a good way to limit the size of our slots, I think. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, the idea was that we were going to quickly go through our games and then um, talk about this, that, and the other, but two of us are not here, so it's going to be really quick. It's just me and you. Um, Then we can maybe pull some people in for some questions. Um, but should we do that first and then maybe look at the, the winners, the losers, the near misses and, and whatnot? Yep. Yeah? Sounds good. Okie dokie. So I shall start with, well, do you want to start with yourself, Nathan? What was your game one? What did we play for round one, um, Scott? Power Struggle was the first mission. Okay. So Is that some five objectives? objectives? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah the one we're going to... Where... You control for two turns, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that was a bit of a funny one. Um, it, it caught me out a little bit, but, but yeah, it was... Now, uh... I, hope I hope the message got across to everybody, because I know that it didn't until uh, partway through Battle 1, and it was the... Uh, whether he's going to listen or not, it was uh, Eric, our, our uh, visitor from down south. He um, hadn't quite caught onto that when I put the message out. Um 
which in my rustiness I'd forgotten to do at the sort of first announcement, and, and I kind of did it maybe five, ten minutes into the battle round, which I hope would still be plenty time for everyone to catch on. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so that was basic. Yeah, that was basically to say that because you had to hold it for two consecutive turns, you ruled that should your opponent snatch it from you, um, yes, in their turn between not. two of your turns, you, you didn't hold it. Yes, thou shalt not lose the objective in between. Yeah, which well, that's one way of doing it. Everybody, as long as it was applied consistently, I don't think it it matters. Yeah. I think um, that's what GW intends. So that's the kind of that's my overarching kind of direction of travel. With any questions, is <laughs> what do I think they've intended? Not not what's the rules lawyering? Yeah, uh, minutia. So so, anyway. so this one, yeah. So who were you against, Nathan? We're trying to limit ourselves to two minutes per recap, and then if any of our opponents are in and they want to say anything, then fair play. Uh, well, I had a grudge round one. I was playing Paul the Duca with the nine Storm Fiends. So, yeah, it was a hard game one. Came down to uh, whoever was going to win the roll-off to go first, because we were both a one-drop. We both had shooting or a way to engage turn one. So I, I was uh, lucky enough to win that roll-off, and then it really was just a, a question of uh, keeping priority, which I did. Managed to nullify the Storm Fiends and max score the, the mission. It probably would have went the exact same way for Paul had he won both those priority rolls as well. Um, but no, I actually kept hold of every priority, so there was no double turn, which just made it really simple it was a scary looking matchup but one of us was going to win it really really hard so it just happened to be me <laughs> and you it you got the major win and looking at this it was uh 26 points to 16. yeah like i think um he was almost tabled by time turn three priority was settled he had a couple of units of Acolytes and uh, Screech left. Um, so I, I was on all the objectives to max score because so, it was uh, score one, uh, score two, score more, wasn't it? Or uh, uh, Yeah, that's normal. You've controlled way, yeah. two or more. Yeah. So I was, I was getting the full score from the turn that you were able to because obviously turn one you can only control more and yeah. get your battle tactic. Uh, but I didn't I, I don't think I got any bonus points for the monster in Screech Lived, so I never got the bonus point for killing the monster. But it was still a it was a pretty high scoring mission. Yeah. Well, that's good. And just so your the... game Nathan mo mostly about the shooting, do you think? Or was it just well you can't ignore Marathi and Gotrek obviously. Yeah, so for me, uh, the the shooting was never really going to be that impactful into him. I only had ten a unit 10 and a unit 5 bow snakes. For me, it was more about getting Marathi into his shooting so that he couldn't comfortably like teleport anywhere. So I zoned off the bridge so he couldn't disengage with the bridge. And if he retreated, he then couldn't shoot. So it was just a, a case of tagging the, the Storm Fiends for me with Marathi. Okay. Cool. Gotrek did nothing. <laughs> No. He stood in the middle of the table holding the objective. Nobody engaged him. He measured 16 <laughs> inches away from him. 
like he wasn't doing anything all game. <laughs> well, I had I had um, my um, I don't know my my what's been described as a younger version of me with some kind of gigantism, I suppose. John's a lot taller than me. So John Craig had brought the mega gargants. And uh and so he's uh he's he'd come with um the war stomper as his general with uh with the amulet for the five up after save. He'd also brought um a Kraken eater and loads of the little fellas, I think it was. I think he only had two of the big ones. Yeah, and so it was. It was one of those where it's just I was trying to get through a big fella a turn to make sure he didn't ultimately outscore me. Um, and he just had he had really really terrible terrible dice rolling luck. Um, he could have he, he could have done a lot more damage. Um, but those those attacks, his dice just let him down. Somebody was watching. Uh, we had a, an observer, a observer, and yeah, he basically said that yeah, he'd not seen dice yeah. rolls like that. <laughs> yeah, who, I wonder who that guy was. Cause I was kind of doing a sort of a head count, me and Johnny, and I was like, okay, yeah, there's thirty six here, and then yeah. there was an ex, the extra bloke wandering about. I was like, who, who is that guy? <laughs> yeah, so he's wanting to get into Sigma, um, and he's wanting oh. to. Um, he's. I think he plays forty k, and he's got a background in other games, and he, he's he's keen to to start, and he wants to do some kind of content creation or YouTube of learning how to play and taking himself to a competitive level. Um, so was he was he John's mate? No, he, I think he he knows Steve, um, like the oh, right, okay. the, the owner. So he's he's down on the um, the reserve list for Northern Invasion later in the year. I think that's going to be his first event. Um, cool. So yeah, he's, he's going to be learning how to play between now and then. Um, but yeah, he was, you know, John. John had a really rough time with his dice rolling. Um, that forty wound general with the five up after save takes a bit of shifting. Um, but I was really surprised how quick the rest of them went down once you'd got rid of him. Um, the the kraken eater without an after save um, with a bit of rend going into him. Yeah, they died pretty fast. Um, but yeah, I think he could have done a lot more to me. Um, unfortunately for him, it, it didn't go that way. So it was twenty four eighteen. It was. Um, so so yeah, I got a, a major win with it. And yeah, my my whole thing was obviously a uh, Neff and um, and Nagash combo. Early on in the first few games, I did have Nagash immune to rend reroll and his ones. And not on a two plus save, but later on in the event, I realised it wasn't really you didn't really need to, because you could put enough on them for the plus ones that you could negate rend pretty much anyway. Um, when you start looking at things like uh, finest hour, mystic um, shield, and uh, all out defence, so it's you can pretty much, yeah, you can pretty much so long as they've only got rend two, you can get down to a two up reroll in one without even bothering uh, with immune to rend. I'm uh, still not sure that's the way they've, they've intended it and they just made a mess of it. Well, maybe oh, not. We'll see, won't we? Um, from, what I've, from what I've heard and seen online, it definitely does seem to be the way that it's being played by... Oh, yeah. Pe- no, but by people in the know as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, right, that's okay. the way they're playing it. So, I mean, um, you only I'm ever get expect- the one 
the bonus of one to you um, to your save. Um, so it's only really you... a problem if you have a three up stock. If you've got a four up save, then you're still always failing ones and twos regardless. But yeah, it's the the problem is these god characters with three up saves that just don't die. No, and then when you uh when you've got Nagash who's whose command ability is re-roll ones to save. It really helps. It's quite rare now as well. There's not a lot of re-rolling yeah. to saves in the game. No. Goes to show but, uh, that Archeon has access to it and he's really strong. So Yeah. No, I uh I definitely think I uh, think that it wasn't until I was playing a Liam uh, a few games later that and we were talking it out after uh, after our game um that it became so clear that yeah, you just don't need to do it. So, but it's good for Neff though. I found that having one of them immune to rend was pretty good because then you just threw her into whatever was the highest rend thing to pin him in place. Um, but yeah, that was that. So that was game one, uh, and it was great to play against John because because he's a he's a good lad, and um, it, it, I am a bit rusty. And it was my first event in eighteen months, um, my first two days since really? Cancon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you were doing that. Yeah, yeah, and then I had a one day in Newcastle um, in February, the Warlords event, and I'd not played in a tournament since then. So, so yeah, I was a little bit ring rusty. <laughs> so, what was next? Then, cool. Scott? So you, so you both started with a with a win. Mission two was survival of the fittest. This was the diagonal one, three objectives where you've got your predator. Units, uh, uh, three yeah. predator units in each army. You get extra points if they kill each other. Yes. Uh, do you want to go first or second, Nathan? Yeah, I don't mind. I can go first. Keep the same order if you want. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I had Lee Martin, um, little-known tournament player in Scotland. He's <laughs> not won much before. Um yeah, so again, it was going to be a really, really difficult game for me. Um, started off well with them being a cheating slag and making the woods on the table wild woods. Um, so off to a good start right away. Uh, it's in the core rules, so I never bothered calling you over, Scott, but it's maybe one for yeah, so, so, to to think so, about in so future. To talk about this quickly, because I, I saw you guys chatting about this in it, and I didn't really know what you were talking about. Yeah, no, no, so it's in the core rules that any any piece of scenery that is a wood, and I think it goes on to like describe what a wood is, like a, a base with trees or whatever, is now a wildwood. Um, so it's not a it's not it's not a Sylvaneth wildwood or whatever they're called. It's just an awakened wildwood. wildwood. It's not awakened one. Yeah, that's it. So, but it still blocks line of sight if you draw a line across it three yeah. inches. Um, or, or whatever. Um, one so inch. unless unless it's is it just one inch? Yeah, one inch of the line between the two bases crosses within an inch. I've got the core rules here. I can read it exactly like what it says. Yeah, unless you've got a wind characteristic of ten or more, is it? Yeah, so, so seventeen ten or more. One point four. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, visibility between two models is blocked if a one millimeter wide line between the closest points of the two models passes across more than three inches of the wildwood oh, terrain feature. Okay. Um, so I think it probably did used to be an inch, or maybe the width is yeah. an inch. But essentially, 
we'd rolled off to see who was attacker and defender because obviously in the core rules, defender gets to move scenery around. So, of course, I jumped at the chance to pick attacker. <laughs> and, and Lee was like, okay, these are woods, so they'll be wildwoods. And just positioned all three of the wildwoods in the middle of the table so that there wasn't really any angle that I was able to draw with the, the bow snakes to be able to shoot any of his army other than... I think he had a flanking unit of uh, three Screamers of Zinch and then Archeon. Um, we did play quite a few things wrong in the game, though, to be fair. So we didn't realize that the Eye of Ed Sheeran on Archeon was reroll all sixes. It doesn't specify combat. So we hadn't actually been rerolling the sixes to hit with the bow snakes. Ended up not really mattering because Archeon almost died, but he never died. We got him down to one wound playing the, the rule wrong, we realised in the middle of the game. Uh, but I think over the course of the game, Archeon healed like 20 wounds. Uh, but my strategy going into the event always was take first, go in with Marathi, pin the army up, try and take the board, get some uh, points racked up and just hold on. Uh, another thing I've been playing wrong, and it's maybe worth pointing out to everybody who's going to be playing competitive AOS, if it's a three objective mission, I suppose it counts for being more than three objectives as well. But if it's a three objective mission and it's hold one, hold two, hold more, you only need to hold two objectives. Yeah. So all all that. event, all event, I was I was capturing all three. Unnecessary. It left me weak to flanks. I didn't have any screens. Uh, but yeah, no, I I went for all three objectives and I actually was holding onto a lead quite well until everything kind of all collapsed. Uh, round four, Gotrek had fought Archeon like for five rounds of combat at this point and hadn't killed him. Um, wow. But yeah, no, I, I was holding, I was holding a lead. Lee was catching me, and then all of a sudden, I had nothing left. And uh, the, I think Lee gained about fourteen points across two turns. <laughs> you know, like Ma Max Captain got his strategy, and I didn't get mine, so he took like a a massive lead in the last couple of times. Really good generalship by Lee, though, being patient, because like, he was about to concede after the first turn. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it was, it was looking joking? like... I, no, it was looking like I was on for the win, and um, <coughs> he kept, kept playing it through, and he got a massive boost in points late game, which is definitely possible in AOS 3. Um, but no, it was, it was a really good, really good game. I think I scored like 16, 17 points or something, and he scored 20... Something. I might have even scored 16. that. It was. 23 to 16. Yeah, so I think I had like a almost a 10 point lead at, at one point. Um so he, he did like a really good job to, to catch up. But yeah, the, the wild wild woods is maybe worth thinking for TOs. If you've got enough woods to put one on every table, it is a core rule. It maybe makes sense to play it, especially with attacker yes, and defender yeah. being an important thing. But if every table doesn't have them, it's probably best yeah. not to. Also, we maybe need to randomize the tables because I played on the same table three games in a row. So I had to contend with uh, three woods on the, the table for three turns in a row, or three games in a row. I did so, notice that, yeah. I was like, how the hell did that happen? So It just made um, me pick Defender, to be fair, to make sure that they weren't going to be an issue. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, I wonder how that happens, because you, you're a sort of... Uh, Decent run in the middle of those three games as well, you know. And to, to be in the same table is a bit weird. 
Um, but that's the randomness of the kind of true Swiss, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. I think that um, you can oh, put it into TTO to randomise tables as well, I think. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, ask, I think you can. You definitely can. Um, you can, you can randomise tables across the event as well, instead of having the top table right yeah. in front of the judge. But it, That's something we did, or it was certainly done, done back it before, in, haven't we? Yeah, it was it was done in late late uh, fantasy eighth edition, and then also maybe the early AOS. I don't know. Pre, pre, it doesn't make I sense. Did, I did it one event. It. I did it one event, yeah. but I've I think that you get more rules questions from that top row of tables. To be fair, um, <laughs> yeah. when it comes down <laughs> to do. the competitive ones, yeah, definitely. Sometimes sometimes you want to be close to table one, keep an eye on yeah. things. Um, on on the wood side of things, I I did. Steve has got more woods, and I did kind of uh, not not having understood that core rule section about the wild woods and woods. I didn't pay much attention to them. There was a few scattered about on a few tables, but there could have been more. And I, I had actually a box full of them in the car that, that Rich has yeah. made up. He, he rattled up eight, yeah. using his old Sylvaneth trees. He's made eight kind of identical um, terrain pieces. So that was like a spare table of, of woods I had in my cars, which was which was it, it definitely going to be a makes table. sense. Definitely makes sense to have one per table. I think like shooting is really strong in the game. Um, yeah. And it, in 40k, they've been making a conscious effort to include obscuring terrain. We don't have scenery maps like they do in 40k or mandatory types of scenery like they do, but it's in the core rules. It's maybe suggested as something that we're meant to be playing with and it could hold yeah. shooting in, in line a little bit, um, yeah. especially for protecting those little heroes and stuff. But yeah, I think if, if you have the ability to put one on every table, then you should. If you don't, then you should just uh, put it in the pack that you play without that core rule so that all the tables are kind of balanced in a way. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Sounds good. Good to know. Interesting. Uh, we played them good to, the, uh, to the Wildwood rule as well on the tables <laughs> I was on. So I think that there was some consistency across. Yeah, there was some people playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I I played um, Andrew Andrew Stephen in game two. Um, my first opposing podcast from content creator. I think we played all of them between us, did we? Um, between <laughs> us, the Northern Invasion faced off against yeah, Wargore quick. TV, Small Town Geek, and Tales of Sigma. So, Farmhammer. Did anyone play Oh, I, I didn't play Farmhammer. Yeah. No, sorry. He, he got a lucky escape then, eh? <laughs> so went against Andrew. Andrew had um, Kragnos, he had uh, Frostlord, and I think he had two Beast Rider Stonehorns, and then some Mornfang, the unit of four, I think it was. Um, so yeah, this was, uh, as you say, our Apex Predators, just to keep things simple, I just picked my characters. Um, and... I think he picked Kragnos and the Mornfang and his stone on, I think he picked. He's Frostlord. Um, but yeah. Asgard the, it was. Was it? Asgard. No, he's not got, he's, um, he's not got a Frostlord. One, one Asgard. Right. So we uh, we we deployed away. I outdropped. Uh, did I? No, I think he was a one. Oh, anyway. Whichever way it went, I deployed with bait, which was a line of zombies. Um, and I explained this was bait 
Yeah, poor Andrew <laughs> swallowed said bait. <laughs> so he um he uh he threw just a piece. towards it. Yeah, he, uh, he threw his one of his stone arms in, which was hand of dusted in short order. And then um then his frost lord. His husk guard was similarly hand of dusted. Um, <laughs> and then uh yeah, then then Nagash and, and Neff went to work. Uh, it was it was quite a comprehensive one, I think. Once the once the teeth got pulled, and what I did with um, Kragnos was I stuck an unrendable Nagash in, rerolling his ones with a circle of zombies preventing Kragnos from retreating. So Kragnos was tied in combat basically with with Nagash and had nowhere to go, and they just stroked each combat. other. Yeah, they just stroked each other lovingly well. While Neff cleared up the rest of the army, so Kirk v. Spock. It was pretty, yeah. It was it was pretty bloody and fast. Um, but Andrew Andrew did well, and he uh, he kept he kept a a positive a positive attitude. And um, so his his first game, he played Nagash as well. He was playing Luke. Side he Nagash. and he he smashed and he, uh, that he Nagash launched, the Yeah. <laughs> He launched, he launched Craig because I was there just walking past at the time and he rolled yeah. the charge. I thought, oh, I'll hang about and watch this. You just can't let him have a charge. Um, and that was the thing. It's the same with yeah, the he, whole army. It's You have to deny that charge and make sure that your screens are going to stop anything. That's what zombies and things are for. And then, so uh, he rolled he, he rolled 25 mortals on that on that that um, after that charge into the gash. So that was, although apparently it didn't kill him. And the gash went away into the corner and thought about things and healed <laughs> healed himself back up. <laughs> thought about what he'd done, and then came back in. And then I think he caught him a second time with, I presume, yeah. Kragnos. But maybe it was the maybe it was the rest of the army caught him. He, he did he did kill Nagash game one, so he was he, he was delighted about that. He did, but Nagash got his own back in game two. So, uh, but I didn't kill Kragnos. Kragnos left. Um, they didn't do anything to each other. I think. Um, I did one wound to him in two full battle rounds of fighting, and he did uh, zero to me. So it was, yeah, it was a pretty much a non-event, but it was just taking a big piece out of the game while everything else was was eliminated. So it was, it was good. It was a positive one for me, and I think it ended up thirty-one-seven. So it was, it was quite a comprehensive one. one. Yeah. But that was it then. I knew I knew things were gonna take a turn for the worst after that. <laughs> so, that's, that's so that two, was two uh, that was game two out the way. Um and I think at that point we saw well Zinch was rising. Um quite a few folk on uh, a couple of wins. There had been there had been a clean draw, game one actually, I forgot to say that. That was actually quite a theme of this, and it's it's obviously it's obviously intended to be more likely to happen in AOS three, but it's and it certainly was over the tournament. There was, I think, four draws over the whole five rounds, um, which is quite unheard of in a, in an event normally. But oh, oh, I think it's good. Um, it is good to see it, but yeah. in a thirty-six player event, it did mean that the rest of the podium hadn't even played uh, the winner because of the draw. Mm. So it kind of dipped them below the people on two wins. If you know what I mean? So they were always playing down. Yeah, I don't know how so affected was... the strength of schedule in the end, to be honest. So that was but... that was round two that there was the, the, the draw from the one you're talking about, yeah, Stephen and Eric. Yeah. 
because they, they, spoiler alert, both uh, finished on the podium. Obviously undefeated armies, but they never mm. tested against the, the winner. Yeah, well, we can look at the stats at the end, the strength schedule, stuff like that. Um, yeah, well, Cool, so that was round two. Round three was tectonic interference, which is yes. the kind of old shifting objectives. It's good, I like this one. Because they're all prime objectives as well, mm. which makes it quite interesting. You don't get to remove one turn three. That's another thing that that cheating slag I played game two did. He, rem <laughs> he removed the middle one, and then I was like, okay, I'll put a token on it so that I don't forget, but of course I forgot. And then when it was in my movement phase, turn three or four, I can't remember, I was like, I'll just leave these snakes here on this objective. Oh, no. And he's just smiling, <laughs> nodding at me. <laughs> and then at the end of the turn, when I was like, well, okay, so I've got score one, score more. And he's like, no, you don't. That's not an objective. You, you know, it's just like that wry smile appearing on his face. And I was like, I mean, you know what you've just done. Is that, because, is that because you had the giant objective markers that you just left them where they were? Yeah, see, it makes it re they're great time savers, by the way. Brilliant. Until you have to remove we, one. Until yeah, we, we, we don't have a good way to, to work it in AOS 3. I almost think that it might be worthwhile getting smaller ones just to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, like, I think Facehammer do the three-inch ones as well as, or the, the six-inch ones as well as yeah, the 12. Yeah, yeah. Might be, obviously, it means that you're you're still going to have to go in and measure, but it's, it's an absolute, it's just impossible. Sure all in, in the right place. Yeah, I so what I'm... Yeah. What I was doing is just putting a token down on top of the objective, but it's obviously Ooh. not something that I'm used to yet. So <laughs> it's that the token that I've got is the pro painted primary objective one as well. So I'm going to have oh, to man. break that kind of macro you, that I've got built into the token that, that says, is... You get a token that says yeah. this is not a fucking objective anymore or something. Yeah, I think it's I think, just think it's saw... just a new mechanic of the game. So. I think I saw that. Was it? Was it Grant or Andrew? One of them had made one of those with a tea light with some wire wool on top of it that was painted like smoke, and you just yeah, no, that's a good like idea. Fire, and you just put on the one that's been removed, so you know not to claim it. Something really obvious. Obviously, this neon luminous orange token that I placed on the objective myself wasn't enough to remind <laughs> me. But <laughs> yeah. I've not played with these massive uh, objective markers yet, to be honest. The big, uh, they are really good until ones. you have to remove one, especially if you've yeah. got like, more than a couple. If you of have to remove one, it. if you have to remove one, don't use them. So or just don't play Lee. Yeah, play play a nice person, and it's fine. Play some, play some nice, guys last. <laughs> nice guys finish last. Nice guys finish last. Exactly. <laughs> so. Go on then. Who did you? You had Craig, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I, I had uh, Craig Graham. I've not played Craig many times in tournaments. To be fair, I think the last time I played him was December twenty nineteen. Obviously, we haven't had many tournaments between then. But yeah, no, it's, it's always nice to play him. I get on quite well with him. He was playing as Soul Blight Gravelords as well. I've only played them once before, so. Uh, both of us didn't really know what our armies were doing at this point. <laughs> He'd only had two games with them himself. I think. In fact, I think he has had a couple of practice games. But, um, he had like a really balanced kind of list where he had like a bit of everything. Um, but he had deployed his general and Vordry maybe a little bit too far forward. He was really surprised that I took turn one. Um, I think 
the kind of go-to competitive play in Age of Sigmar 2 was to take second so that you could play for the double. But I really think taking first if you can is really strong in AOS 3. Um, the way that the, the missions work and the, being able to dictate the flow when ties into 2 and 3. So I took first and killed his general. Um which I think is a bit sad about. <laughs> and then, so I took first uh, and killed his general. I like it. Yeah, I took first, killed his general, but because I'd been playing the whole... Obviously, in this one, you do need to, to cap all three objectives, and the list I was playing is very thin on the ground. He has deep strike and blood knights. I was No matter where I went, I was leaving myself really vulnerable to getting charged in the back. Um, so he brought his blood knights on, got one of the charges in, killed the unit of five bow snakes. But I was able to keep a hold of priority into turn two, which allowed me to then deal with Vordry and set up to kind of manage the remaining Blood Knights that were on the table. Um, and after that, after I'd removed his general Vordry and was kind of chipping away at the Blood Knights, I was able to get control of the game and um, it kind of snowballed from there. But if, I, if I'd lost the priority into two, just the Blood Knights deep strike, and I didn't really have an answer to it, they would have went through my whole army. They've obviously got that just move out of combat and charge ability, which is really strong. Um, so you, you would be able to, to get into to everything. Um, but no, I was able to, to get a really big uh, score in that mission as well. But it was just luck of priority, really. Uh, we've got a comment here from Mark, our Welsh shark. He's done it at Onslaught, he says. I'm assuming he was agreeing with something that you've done. Um, so, done what? Oh, onslaught? it might. I don't know. I don't know what he's done at Onslaught. Maybe it was randomising tables. Oh, yeah, so maybe. Tell us in yeah. the chat, yeah. Okay, so who did I have? I Oh, I was on the top table. This was, this was the heady heights for me, and I had Chris Archibald, one of the Northern Irish boys. Um, he was a really nice lad. Um, he smiled, smiled really nicely at me as he absolutely battered the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> and he, the dirty, dirty bastard with all his uh, his filthy lumina. So he basically had a a big block of sentinels sat behind thirty wardens in three units of ten, and then he had a uh, he had um, five of them. Saudi blokes, um, which were really useful, actually. I know we were questioning what the point in them was when we talked about it, but it was great because he just teleported them about to kill my uh, units of um, 10 and 20 because the attack, they have a certain amount of attacks based on how many models are within um, two inches of them, don't they? So he absolutely humped my uh, skeletons and zombies with just that unit of five. Mm. Um but basically, he had a he had his magey fella sitting in his shrine and Teclis cowering at the back. One thing he did teach me: the reason he got a favourite game vote from me was because he uh, he showed me how to use the portal, and I hadn't I hadn't appreciated it. So um, rather than talk about what happened, what happened was I died, and I died pretty fast. But what he showed me was that I I still was playing portal the same way that you have to put the the two mirrors within 18 inches of each other. And I hadn't picked up the subtle change in that they both have to just be within 18 of the caster. So you can you can have some janky little sorcerer bitch or some uh, other spellcaster of note that um, 
that sticks the portal 18 inches in front of him, right next to the person you want to do bad things to, and then throws one behind him to the 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 big guy cowering at the back with a big weird sphinx-faced muncher. So I I adopted this technique with my uh, with my Nagash and, and Necromancer later in the weekend, but that was good. Um, I was pretty much this was just what I didn't want to face. It was it was Neferata getting thirty shots on fives and sixes, taking mortal wounds. Uh, same to the Necromancer. There's just they don't need line of sight. They shoot you off. They've got like a thirty inch range or something. Um, and then I, I threw Nagash in. Uh, Nagash died. Everything died, and I lost twenty eight seventeen. Um, but it was the first time I'd ever played Lumineth, and I think I think I I have a better understanding now of, of how they work. Um, but yeah, they can be pretty nasty. Um, yeah, that's good because no one's really pushing them about up here yet. Um, no, it was interesting that. Three, three of the guys, well, the three tick list lists were all kind of outside Scotland lists. Yeah. So that's good, good, good for us lot or for you lot to have played against it at least. Well, they're obviously more committed to painting all that detail and and shit because <laughs> I've looked at the models here and I, I, no, I don't think I'd I'd have the patience to do it. Um, but there's definitely play in them. Um, I think people were. We're thinking that the uh, the original Sentinel Wardens, apart from the new mages, that seems to be the flavour of, of what people are like were liking. Um, and yeah, they seem pretty strong. Uh, they die fast um, if you finally get into them, and they haven't got all the buffs in the world on them. Um, they're still one wound, girly elves, aren't they? Um, mm. But yeah, they generally have. All sorts of protection of this and light of that and shining this going on. So, um, yeah, once you unpick those uh, those buffs, they do fall down. But yeah, no, he totally he totally um, had a good game plan. He had a good setup. It was hard to crack into. I couldn't do it um, before he shot me off. So he he soundly defeated me, and he was a really nice guy. That was my day one. Grand. So yeah, that was Saturday. Um, I went home a broken man and and collapsed on my bed uh, at the end of that. Uh, you guys all went to the pub. <laughs> yeah, that was good. There was pubs. Brewdog. Brewdog uh, ran out of a number of drinks. Did they? Um, we spent <laughs> three three nights in there. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um. I think I must have eaten. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many chickens because they only have two wings each, don't they? So many chickens <laughs> died to feed me this weekend. Um, and then yeah, could be uh, pigeons, I suppose. But they could have been. Yeah, they could have been anything. I don't know. They tasted good though. Uh, Chuck some hot yeah. sauce on it. No one knows. Yeah. Well, they have, it's gorgeous stuff. Those chicken wings are amazing. Um, but a sharing platter just means for one. Don't be fooled by the, <laughs> the terminology. Um, Don't you, you? Yeah, but then you you did the draw, didn't you? And so none of us could relax then, especially because I got our absent um, filth monger. Well, 
you mean relax because I did the draw or relax because I didn't do the draw because I was getting I was getting I, hounded oh, by many people. people. Are you doing the draw? Are you doing the draw? Are you doing the draw? But yeah, I'll do the fucking draw. Let me eat first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I knew I had Liam the next day with his um his Bellicor Kairos Corn Demon Prince Legion of the First Prince shenanigans. Um, so game four was Apex Predators, the hero mission. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see, who did uh, who did you have? No, actually, can we, can we, let, let's, let's go back to day one, because one, one of the big themes of uh, of the event was the number of got treks there. Oh, yeah. So six, there were six got treks after the spare player, or the reserve player. A uh, reserve player brings in the got trek. That is just... <laughs> he deserves... Bad karma, that boy. Got trick, fire slayers. So Matt, Matt, actually, there's a few stories of Matt. Matt was uh, brilliant as he always is. He was so he, he played Craig game one. He lost to Craig. He played John Bayless, of course, the master ga- uh, game two. And then he came to us as I was going around. He was saying, "There's so many rules in this that I, I had no uh, concept existed in game one." And John was uh, schooling him in game two about how it actually worked. And, and this this is how you play it. This this, this is how you die. <laughs> Um, uh, but Gotrek, so there was was it game? I think it was game two. It was Grant and Martin Swaffield were playing. So Martin had Gotrek and and Ideneth. Grant had his more tribes. Lots of what was it three thunder tusks, three stone horns? I think it was. Um, and they called me over um, just to clarify about the Gotrek single wound allocation. If it comes off, like oh, yeah. you know, like things like the stone horn charge, well, the thunder. The, the, the more tribe charge basically, um, yeah. So yeah, so it's one wound for each one basically. One wound full stop. But he'd done so much of that chipping off. I think he must have used the um, what they called the, the little birdies on the on the on the stone horns. Oh yeah, the vultures. The Sorry, vultures just to double it. check. Are you talking about the the charge where you roll a dice and for each whatever yeah. you do one mortal wound and you counted yeah. that as one combined? Did you check that with JP? Uh, no, well, it didn't matter at this point. So, no. It was for he the had, charge, he had two wasn't ones. it? Yeah. So the way I've been playing that for the record anyway is just for each dice roll, each one counts as one mortal it will, and you Sorry, three it was each dice roll because yeah, yeah, Martin picked up a bunch of dice. He had, mm-hmm. uh, he, had two, he had one wound left at this point. He was on his last wound. Right, okay. Um, and they'd made a bunch of saves and I, after I said just clarified to me he said okay I've got one wound left anyway and then the grand decided right I'm going to reverse my uh, my last monster who was in range into him charge him in from <laughs> he, was, he had his backside facing Gotrek so he, he reverse charged him basically sat on him uh, on, on the way and I think it was four four mortals got through so Martin rolls his one dice at a time I think he passed a couple and then failed a couple so that was him dead Um that's when I said. So I'd announced before the round: if anyone kills Gotrek, let me know. You get you get you get a sticker. Um, so that's when I put the put the kind of shout out, and I think I think everyone in the hall cheered. Yeah, <laughs> Gotrek's dead! Way. So that was the first Gotrek to die of the weekend. There, there was another. Well, the second one I think was Martin's again. He was unlucky. <laughs> I think I think three died over the weekend. Substandard Maybe four. Gotrek. <laughs> I think I gave four stickers out. So yeah. Anyway. I digress. So yeah, game four, Apex Predators. Um, you guys can track on, I guess. Yeah. So you had our second uh, podcast 
sitcom content creator, didn't you, Nathan? Uh, yeah, at uh, Adam Turner. So, okay. uh, so I was feeling pretty confident when the draw came out. We're playing the hero mission. I've got Marathi. Um, so we were in the Six Nations chat that we've got, kind of talking about our next day's missions and stuff and who we've got. And JP was like really worried about having to play into Zinch with his uh, gets list on that mission. And I was like, oh, well, I've got KO. He's only got one hero. Ha, ha, ha. And then I remembered that it's not only heroes that score in AOS 3. Because obviously you get battle tactics and grand strategies. Um, so it's only possible for me to score a minimum <coughs> of 15 points by turn three before Marathi dies against shooting. You could have tried to do more by multi-charging and keeping stuff alive to do damage in combat by turn, but he decided to just skirt the board and shoot. So I was able to rack up 15 points early. But by the time Marathi had died, the rest of Marmy had died as well. And he had scored every he'd scored a battle tactic every single turn. So he was on two, four, six, eight, ten. He was gonna get his grand strategy because I can't kill nine gun haulers. Um I wasn't going to get mines because I had nothing left on the table to contest controlling scenery, which was the grand strategy I went for. So all of a sudden it was 15 to 13. He killed Marathi, which is a monster, which put him to 14 to 15. Um, and then all he had to do was get his hero onto an objective before the end of the game to score one point. And because he'd scored more battle tactics than me, he was going to win the minor victory so it was looking it was looking pretty bad for me um, but then I hadn't actually completed one battle tactic I'd missed it in turn three I thought I'd done all the battle tactics I could but then of course I hadn't done kill a battle line and all of his gun haulers are battle line he had uh, zoned out um, Gotrek from getting to the objective where he was trying to get his hero with gun haulers so I was able to get a gun hauler with Gotrek to get an extra two points for an unassailable lead at that point because he wouldn't be able to, to score more than 15 maximum. Um, so I managed to get the, the major win on that. But it's really difficult for KO to play that one because if they're in a boat at the moment, they can only deploy, they can only come out of a garrison at the end of the movement phase if the boat hasn't moved. So he would have needed to sacrifice a turn of moving with his ironclad to get the hero out. We spoke about it briefly. He might have been able to get it out of the boat inside of turn three in the back corner to walk onto it turn four once Marathi was dead. And he would have probably have got that one point. And it would have just been a case of hiding his gun haulers from Gotrek. But yeah, no, it was... It was far too close for comfort. I didn't win any of the priority rolls that mattered. I didn't win the priority roll uh, one into two, so it got doubled. Didn't win it into three, didn't win it into four. Finally got it into five, but at that point I'd already a lead that couldn't be uh, caught, so I lucked out big time on that one. See, with your uh, just talking about grand strategies, that's a cracker. I'd, I'd missed that from his list, because all his gun holes are battling. That's a beautiful... Design yeah, there. He got to every single game. I spoke to him about yeah. it. Nine, nine, there wasn't really any that I could pick with my list that I could guarantee that I was going to get. 
then it's going to be really, really good building a list that can definitely get just for the, the three points is, yeah. is really good. So, so see so your one, you've gone for the... Sorry, you, sorry. You, Nathan, you went for the, the, the Predator's Domain one. That's the terrain one you said, yeah? Yes, I went for the terrain sorry, one. You, so me and Johnny were sort of talking about this. I was saying I, I haven't checked the lists forensically. I don't know if anyone's gone for it because um, it's quite a... Um, David went for it as well. It was, no, you, I think you're going to so, see it a lot. It's definitely well, a meta pick at the moment. Your, your glamorous what? assistant's asking a question of this in the chat, actually. Oh, is he? Uh, Scott, the same yeah. question. Are we that, are we that synchronized? Here we go. You are. Yes. How did I track it? There yeah. you go. <laughs> Johnny boy. Um, yeah, we're wondering, had you, had you marked, well, had, had anybody taken it and were they marking it? Because I was saying it's, the way it works is it's, it's like when you control an objective, you can sort of tag it and go. Yes, exactly. So I, I do have an idea for this because it is one that I probably will play going forward with some lists, not the next list that I'm going to try playing, but um, I've got the Pro Painted Studio objectives. Remember he did a while before? So it was like the luminous green thing and you've got the magnetic red and blue thing that you can turn over to say yes. whether a red yes. player has it or a blue player has it. So I've still got them. I've got eight of them and there's eight bits of scenery on the table. So what I'm planning to do is if I'm the blue player, I'm going to put them down on the table at the start of the game and I'm just going to flip it blue or red depending on what one, what player has it so that it's easy to yep. keep track of. What I had been doing is I've got a set of yellow dice that I don't tend to use, <coughs> Six Nations dice. Um, so <laughs> I, saying, I, put, I, I was putting them next to the bits of scenery that I had. In the game where I was playing Adam, uh, he used some big carnage tokens to make it a bit easier for him to see because obviously his game plan was for him to get his and for him to deny mine in order to mm -hmm. give himself a chance at winning the mission. So yeah, you definitely put some sort of token next to the scenery, but it was my game plan and I think why it's a meta pick or will become a meta pick, at least initially, is because it, if you've got an advantage in the macro side of the game where you're able to keep a, a better overarching view of the battlefield while the chaos is going on, you can work mm. towards that grand strategy while your opponent is too busy trying to get the objectives. Because the scenery must be spaced around the table. You need to be within three inches of scenery to gain control of it, as opposed to six for objectives. It is tag and go, because it says that you control it like you do objectives. Yeah. There's one difference at the moment. It's missing a bit of wording that means that models in the unit can actually count towards multiple bits of scenery. Uh, yeah. uh, but I, I don't know if that will get changed because it's fairly <laughs> obscure. But it, you can you gain control of scenery like you do objectives, so it's tag and go. It's 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 super interesting because it's a whole other layer on on the new version of the game. It's already got multiple layers as well. You yeah. Know. The, the reason you achieve it, there you are, do you need to hold more than your opponent? You need to you need to game? hold more. Yeah, you yeah. need to hold more. So even if your opponent brings a bit of scenery for their army, you still need to hold five because it'd be five out of nine as opposed to five yeah. out of eight. Oh, okay, cool. But it's, um, if I'm honest, it's, I chose it because I didn't have a good one. And it's one, if you're better at the game than your opponent, you should be able to play that as well as the mission. Good stuff. Excellent. Okay, well, I had uh, I had Liam. Um, first time I've played Liam in a tournament, apart from when we played doubles and you both destroyed 
a small girl. No, we destroyed oh, you. Oh she put up a fight. Wow. <laughs> she did, yeah. So I played Liam, and uh, and isn't Liam a nice chap to play now? You know, I've not played Liam for ages, apart from like I've played him in practices and things, but he was really, really chilled. I've not known Liam so relaxed and so seemingly happy for ages. He won't listen to it, so he won't know. But it was a joy to sort of like play. He was so nice, and and it was a really good game. I enjoyed it. I was a bit concerned because well, I was. I was going to be. That's it. He's become a father, and he's he's, he's starting to to care about people. It's a it, it was a really good game. So anyway, um, that aside, uh, he still beat me, <laughs> but it was close. It was really close, and to be honest, it was probably my own fault. Well, it was my own fault. Um, the long good shot was. Uh, it was good. There were one or two highlights for me. Um, he admitted himself that he was a bit rash using Kairos's um, uh, change of dice. He did it turn one on my first spell. I went to cast a spell and he just made Nagash miscast turn one so that he didn't get anything out. Um, but he said in retrospect he probably should have left that because um, I wasn't in a position to do him any harm anyway. Um, but he'd done that, so that was already teased out. Um, which meant in turn two I um, I hand of dusted Bellacor off um, through the portal, which was nice. Because Nagash was on plus five to cast in my list because of the um, the claw, so I pretty much, apart from against Teclis, I pretty much controlled magic in every game I played. Um, people didn't have much luck uh, getting magic off because the plus three to dispel, um, and then the plus five to cast really helps. Uh, it was a back and forward. Um, I made one or two errors. I, I underestimated the resilience of a unit of horrors. Um, I thought I could get through them with Nagash and uh, a unit of 20 zombies, I think I had. Um, oh, oh, how foolish I was. So I left them with 11 brims, I think it was, and then he, um, he command-pointed them. It might have been a lot less than 11. Um, he command-pointed them, so they stayed. So that denied me a battle tactic. And it held Nagash up a turn, so I couldn't get to his Demon Prince uh, to clear him off an objective. Um, I did. I think I uh, hand-dusted off the Demon Prince as well. Um, Demon Prince went... It, in the end, it was 18-17. But the big, the big problem was um, I, didn't, I didn't take that battle line unit. I should have taken... Um, well, then I tried with Conquer... Um, but I, I couldn't do conquer either and go and, and capture the one with the demon prince because the bloody brims didn't die, so Nagash was tied up. So I think I didn't score a battle tactic for two turns. Um, and anyway, I lost eighteen seventeen. It was close, but um, it wasn't to be. Um, it probably wouldn't have been as close if I hadn't have uh, got Bellacor. And I think if Liam hadn't have used Kairos's um, change any dice turn one, there's no way that portal or hand of dust was coming through. I, I think I'd have saved it if I was in. Um, but as he said, he just uh, he just wanted me to lose a, a casting face. So that was fair. So he got that. That was my... Coming from a 
comment from John in the chat. Are you feeling okay, Stu? I, I presume that's related to you giving uh, Liam compliments, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know whether or not it's as nice to John because John plays him a lot more regularly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, maybe it was because Liam had already lost the game in the event, so he was just cruising on easy mode and just enjoying the fact he'd had a full night's sleep. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was a, yeah. What a joy to play it's against. Probably the having a full night's sleep at, at least it, from my own point of view, having a, yeah. a child has definitely changed me at tournaments because yeah. a weekend away does wonders for your uh, your energy levels. It's good. Yeah, no, it, it was a new, it was a good game, um, and he did give me some pointers, and we were talking afterwards about um, the whole Nagash thing. And the um, I just don't need to um, to to put immune to rend on him for the very reasons we talked about earlier. Uh, so I didn't um, beyond that really. Um, so I would have a little bit more. My initial list had Manfred and Nagash together, so it was all hitting on twos, wounding on twos, rerolling ones to hit, and focusing on that side. But I thought that um, the immune to rend would help me um, against some of the bigger smashier things. Um, but as I say, in retrospect, you could probably choose uh, to stack your buffs on the gash for the twos re-rolling ones. And if Manfred's in a position you don't want to be in, you just teleport him away anyway. Um, so I might give that a, ch a chance at some time. Um, yeah. So... Cool. Uh, for your benefit, Scott, yeah, we're on 59 minutes. We oh, are wow. halfway there. So <laughs> we may not even hit the target. But yeah, so, worth, yeah, that was a good game. Um, and that was me on my fourth game. And this left us. Here we go. Let, let's raise some tension. This left me and Eric, the only other person traveling from Orkney, on um, two wins each. Two wins, two losses. Going into the fifth game, absolutely sure that we were going to fight each other in the fifth game to <laughs> to decide who was going to get the tiara. Um, but but fate didn't smile upon us, did it? There, there was a lot of people on two two, I think, at this point. It was. So it was, and oh, it you, was you, were, you were saying, "Oh, make it happen!" <laughs> like, oh, quite it a was lot such there, a tough <laughs> draw. Did you see those armies? <laughs> I've never been sitting on two wins before going into game five. <laughs> and uh, looking at the field and thinking, there's only about two armies I want to face out of this. <laughs> so, so yeah. game five was first blood. Of course, being last, it was first blood. Um, and this was the one where you can get the wee cheeky extra command point um, if you control the vantage point, which the second player in the turn is the one that nominates it, I think, from, from memory. Yeah. Um, and this is one I, I, we talked about in the last pod that the clarification for this event certainly was that it would be in your next um, your, your next turn you get the command point so it's not an instant yeah. bonus it's, a, it's, one, it's in the bank um, yeah. other than that it was a pretty standard mission I think diagonal deployment yeah. um, quite quite snug in the corners so yeah that was yeah, five. And, and so uh so me and Eric were looking at who we'd got. And of course, Eric gets your good self, Leo, uh, Nathan. And Marathi yeah. and Gotrek. 
and I got Charmus from Tales of Sigmar with his Marathian Gotrek. <laughs> so we didn't get to fight each other. We Beautiful got to symmetry. fight Marathian Gotrek for, uh, for the tiara. <laughs> <laughs> it was fitting. Yeah. No, uh, I had to double check with yourself, Scott, didn't I? I didn't want there to yeah. be drama. You gave me a panic. Because, because there was a couple of draws, it had left an uneven number of people on wins. So... I was on 3-1 when Eric was on 2-2. But somebody, and I think there'd been two people who'd played each other in the group that I was in. That was it. So that was it. I, ended up, I ended up getting randomised into to playing Eric. So it wasn't a clerical mistake as soon as I saw the draw double-checked with Scott. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was a really, really, really hard game for Eric. And he very almost put himself in the position to just take my whole army off. But I think that there was a... We spoke about it in the middle of the game. There might have been uh, either a mistake with deployment or the order that he did his moves. But I, I took turn one, failed my charge, leaving myself in the middle of the table, which is fine. Um, that that happens sometimes with Marathi. It's not game over. If anything, it's really good because it meant she'd taken no damage that turn. Um, but then in his turn, he kind of get blocked behind his screens trying to get the bloodthirsters out, just either due to the way he, was, he had deployed or the order in which he'd moved stuff. Um, so he wasn't actually able to get into Marathi at all in his turn either after I'd redeployed. So we were in like a, it was a really hard position for Eric. He won priority into two and could effectively just take one turn and then allow me the option of a double. Or he give away the turn to me there and then play for the double himself. So it was a horrible position for him to be in, but he ended up having to give away the turn to me. And I was able, I, I rolled really, really high and managed to take off two Bloodthirsters, which just put me right in control of the game. Had he taken the turn, he could have done three damage to Marathi, maybe taken off five snakes. But then I ended up winning priority into three anyway, so I would have doubled him and uh, he would have had no army left turn three either. So it was, a, it was a comfortable game for me in the end, but he got a summoned Bloodthirster through all the blood tides. His Bloodthirster ran into the middle of the table, awesome. charged um, 10 snakes, and he absolutely destroyed almost the entire army with this one Bloodthirster. <laughs> so it was buffed up with a plus attack, rerolling hits, um, the sixes to wound do four mortal wounds and eight inches AOE. So he was able to do damage to Marathi, leaving her on one wound um, without even fighting her. So it was uh, it was really scary. I'd already mathematically won the game on points at that point because a lot of the battle tactics wouldn't work for his Bloodthirster because it wasn't in his starting army. So he wasn't able to, to score a lot with them. But by God, did he think absolutely clap like they do a lot of damage when when they roll hot uh, so it was pretty impressed i've chatted them up since about his five bloodthirster list because i think a couple of those insensate rage ones could be pretty good and um, if you can find the, the right list for it to work around especially with them now getting rampages count as five models that's a it's a pretty interesting list uh, but i was able to get a, a really high score and win there to put me on four wins and one loss. Yeah. I guess. No, and I'm going to have to 
face the brunt of those by bloodthirst lists. Oh, it must be horrible. <laughs> it, it's going it, to be really good in AOS 3, I think. Yeah, Maybe not a 5 and all potential list, but it's, it's really no. good. Uh, so I had uh, I had Chalmers, um, and we went into this one like it's so relaxed. It was like the last game of the tournament. Neither of us were playing for podium or anything. We were uh, we were just it was really good natured. Um, it started off, you know, just so so just jokes. Everything was a bit loose. Well, from me because Chalmers knows his stuff and he keeps keeps things tight anyway. Um, but I was I wasn't that that bothered. I didn't see a way I was gonna win. Um but then as the turns progressed, things started looking more and more optimistic. A unit of twenty skeletons survived Marathi and Gotrek for a round of combat, which which opened okay. my eyes a little bit. And they managed to take the three wounds off off um off the big lady twice. Um just this one unit. Um, I threw, I threw Neff in um, to try and hold her up um, with a unrendable and whatnot. Marathi doesn't like an unrendable foot. Uh, she really doesn't. She didn't have the mortal wound output. She doesn't have it any got, rend anyway. What are you talking no, about? No, no, I don't suppose she does. No, but having the two up re-rolling ones, I suppose, is what I'm more uh, more uh, focused on. But this this went to the stage where I went from thinking I couldn't win to by the bottom of three thinking I probably couldn't lose. And then at four, I mean, the thing, things had just gotten a bit crazy. And then I thought by the bottom of four, it was right, right, we'll just roll priority and we can probably map it out. Because at that point I thought, well, you know, it had swung this way and that way. And it was, it was all, it, it was looking quite favorable for me. The main reason being that my, um, agenda. My sort of grand strategy was keep a wizard alive for the prize sorcery, and all three of my characters were still alive. And Chalmers's were sever the head, so he had to kill all three of my um, all three of my characters, and they were all alive at at the bottom of four. And I'd run the necromancer right into the back corner. Um, Nagash was sitting in another corner um, on an objective. And Neff was limping around. She, she'd managed to survive uh, a round of combat with um, Gotrek into him, into her, uh, double piling in into her, and into Marathi. Uh, and she just kept running away, and she kept herself alive. Uh, she was being shot by snakes and all sorts. She, she definitely won the game with that survivability. But it came to it, and he goes, and Chalmers just looked at me and went, "Oh no, no, we." We, we're going to have to do this. Um, and he obviously saw a route, and I hadn't seen it at the time. And everything had to click into place for him to win. But it was quite a glorious last turn. So I went first, scored all the points, got my buffs off. I spammed the shit out of um, Arcane Bolt and put it in Nagash's pocket and just sat him there. Um, I then through uh, Neff another way so that I was as spread out as possible. And so in the hero phase, he command pointed to shoot off Neff, killed her by a wound. Then he teleported the bow snakes across the board, shot off my necromancer. <laughs> and then he charged in his mortal wound snakes, Gotrek and the and Marathi into Nagash. 
So it suddenly I was thinking, oh, <laughs> hang on a minute, this, this, this is a bit tighter than I thought. And so uh, it, it went in, um, but I just really, I, I just uh, splashed the uh, the mortal wounds all into um, Marathi. She only had two wounds left, so she took sixty three or something. I was on my finest hour. I had all out defense and mystic shield, um, so I just had to survive Gortrek and the nine snakes or whatever they were. Uh, with the pokey sticks, so Gultrek went the first time. Um, he did a few wounds, um, probably six or eight. I think I was on half half of my wounds after the first round. So I put everything into the snakes and got a down, got them down to two and a half snakes. I think they were down to. Uh, and long and short of it, um, snakes did hee haw. Um, Gultrek piling in again. Uh, I, w- I was absolutely crapping it, but it didn't roll a single six. It was it was very very lucky. So no mortals came through, and I was and Nagash was alive on about four wounds, I think, at the end, and that was the game. And then because I didn't score, because I scored my three, and he didn't his, and he didn't take the objective, because um, he didn't have enough models to take it. It ended up uh, 24 points to 20. So it was really, really tight. It was a really fun game. Um, and yeah, it just went from this total doesn't matter at all to suddenly swinging one way or the other. And then that last turn, that was it was so intense. It was brilliant. So um, that's one each now. He, he smashed me at the last one, and I just about squeaked one out there. So uh, that was that was mine. And I took the tiara. So there you go. So you don't actually have a physical tiara yet, do you? Narrator. The... No, there is going to be one. <laughs> narrator. There is no tiara. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is going to be. Um, There's going to uh, be a one. tiara. So Mark is commission. Mark's getting a cushion, a lovely lush velvet cushion, um, for the tiara to go on, and I'm going to tap up. Um, I know he doesn't make any any. Uh, trophies anymore, but I'm really going to tap up our Gary, and I'm going to get him to make it. I don't want yeah, something small and dainty, though. I want something like Nagash's crown, a big 3D printed thing that we can wear. He's not said anything about tiaras. <laughs> yeah, it should, maybe it should be just small and dainty, but we'll see. We'll see what comes, um, but we are going to have our, our first physical tiara. It's coming. <laughs> So yeah, that's me. So I won it. I, I claim I retained the tiara. Um, I'm I'm advised that come on slot. Um, the tiara's going um, to Eric. So we'll have to wait and see. But there you so, go. Yeah. So so, mo- so moving on to the real prizes. Um, and uh, <laughs> away from the tiara. <laughs> the real prizes. Uh, so that was the end of the tournament and. Uh, we can do a quick run through of who won what. Um, well, we can do top down this time. How about that? We did bottom up during the award ceremony. So top down, um, Lee Martin, who we talked about earlier, who uh, clearly janked his way to victory. Um, five wins with its disciples of Zinch. That was his Archeon list with lots of magic. Oh, and then talk, well, we talked about Zinch last time. Was there much? Did you feel much? Um, 
horror hatred over the weekend. I, I couldn't really take a temperature on it, but did you guys pick anything up? Um, so they 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 don't really work at the moment. You need to kind of just assume how you use the rules around the units, so they're definitely broken. It wasn't a problem in my game with Lee, um, and I don't think it was the the big problem with the the two higher zinch lists that were there, him and uh, David. I think the the main problem was just the casting. So we've seen that it zinch took out all three of the two day events this weekend, all Archeon mm. versions with cogs. So like one of them doesn't even have any horrors in it at all. And so the horrors are the real bad Yeah, that's the real bad yeah. we've missed in all this chat. Yeah, so Ar- Archeon is definitely a problem for the same reasons that um, Stu was talking about how like survivable Nagash is. Archeon actually has access to reroll all saves, has an inbuilt ignore spells, has a mortal wound save, and then with the reroll save spell, he can also get another roll to ignore spells cast his way. So he is by all accounts invulnerable to everything. Um, like I think there's some extreme cases of things that can remove him from the table, but all overall, he's really, really hard to kill. Um, and then at the same time, you combine that with uh, Blue Scribes to reroll casting. You 2 plus to get the cogs out so that it can't be unbound. And then you just cast an extra spell with all your wizards and summon Blue Horrors onto the table every turn. Um, like he won't mind me saying, uh, obviously, in some of his games, I think he got through his hero phases quite quick, but I played Zinch, but I've never played the mortal side of it, so there's a lot of spells there that I don't really know. I used to play the old version of Zinch, so a lot of spells, I recognise the name, I'm not really sure exactly what they do. <clears throat> his hero phases were taking at least 30 minutes. Uh, if you were having those queries, it did speed up into the game, but like initially, when everything's in range of the cogs, there's just no quick way to do it. It's a massive bottleneck on the game. Like nobody can play it fast. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's definitely a problem. I'd say that's a bigger problem than horrors. But forty-five points for that spell. It's nuts. It's yeah, but with Nagash, Nagashi has access to eight spell casts. His list was cast in between fifteen and 18 spells a turn and it's yeah, not all from the one wizard as well it's from multiple wizards so you've got multiple war scroll spells and then you've got different spells you've given he had a laminated bit of a4 paper with all the spells on it and he was scoring them off like when you need wow. to when you need to produce a piece of paper for your hero phase alone there's a problem um, <laughs> and well, it's, not really even, it's not even the crux of how the list works either the list works around Archeon it's just this mini game that you need to do before you can actually start playing the real game every turn it's just not very interactive and very important to have markers etc that you can yeah, apply like, to the board oh, yeah. so you he had markers magnetic, he had magnetic dry white marker uh, like white markers that you yep. could write on for each spell. So everything was very clear when it went on the table, but there's just that many of them. For me, a seasoned veteran, it was impossible to keep track of. Like I, I made the comment to him, you just need to surrender to it as the opponent. You just need to just let them do whatever the fuck they <laughs> want. Over you yeah, you can't do anything. It's just... What yeah, sort of yeah, happens with that amount of spells then? 
Apologies. Well, that thanks for summoned during your game. So in, a, in our game, he summoned 10 horrors in the first turn, and then in the second turn, he summoned three flamers. Uh, but to put it into perspective, he's consistently summoning, he's consistently casting more than 10 spells a turn for just him. So mm-hmm. that would translate to 50 blue horrors or 100 wins of summoning. Um, if he had a lucky turn and his opponent casted and he got 20 summoning points, that's 10 pink horrors. So 50 wins in one turn. Um, but yeah, like summoning the, the flamers were pretty good as well for giving them a bit of ranged poke. They were actually quite impactful on the game, to be honest, when they brought them on. So it just it, it gives you options. It's definitely the best summoning out of the Chaos Gods, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah especially yeah. when you can cast that many spells consistently. Like even Teclas can't get in the way of that many spell casts. So So well done to Lee. He uh he, t- he took it out with five wins, five major wins. Um yeah. Undefeated. His opponents, his opponents were Martin with Deepkin, Gotrip game one, yourself Nathan game two, JP played game three with his JP's filthy filthy gets. Game four he played Sean with his Sons of Behemoth. He was cruising high um, day one. He uh, that was the eighteen eighty point list, which was brilliant. So he was on three wins after day one. Um, he finished three two. And round five was as each off of the one David Nemeth and his uh, his Kairos um, and was it Bellicor he had I can't remember now I've, I've gone blank anyway it was as each off on table one which made it table one was each table two was a Lumineth table and table three was a Soulblight Gravelord's table so there was three mirror matches on the top three tables on the last round which was quite quite interesting <laughs> the way the way it turned out um, and. Uh, that led to, so Lee won the event second by um, going to the first tiebreaker. So Lee had 100 tournament points, second and third, with us, I've touched on it earlier, with the two guys, Eric Horger and Stephen Mitchell, who were on four majors and a draw. So they finished on 90. So it goes to the first tiebreaker, which is VP, cumulative from the missions. And Eric had 127 versus Stephen's 120. So the seven VP in it to... to clinch the runner-up prize and trophy. Um, and that, that left Stephen in third place uh, with 120. Lee 123, just to put it into context. JP, who was fourth, had a, he was four and one, so he had 80 tournament points. He was top of the four ones because he had 149 VP cumulative, which was the highest in the whole field, actually. Um, do you know who the second highest was without looking at the table? It was um, Sean, 147 with his... Uh, I'll give you one second to answer there, sorry. <laughs> it, no, it, Sean make, it, his... it makes sense, though, with the monsters. <laughs> yeah, being being heroes, being battle-line, being everything. Um, and being monsters, yeah. Who, who 147 it, he had. Sean it, from... Sorry. Sean with the Suns. All oh, right, okay, yeah. I think he... Did he play Lee? He played Lee, yeah, game four. Yeah, I think he's saying there in the chat that um, that Lee summoned uh, six Screamers and two Flamers in that game. Well, he, he gets six six Screamers for free with the Fanged Circlet artifact. So every game, if that hero is alive at the start of the battle, he can just summon a free unit of six Screamers. Um, but, you know, it's probably two Exalted Flamers that he gets as well. Uh, I think they're about 14 points each. So that, for context, 28 spells. 
against an army that doesn't cast spells. So nice. uh, that'll just uh, put it into perspective for how many spells he was casting over the course of a couple of turns. Nice one. So top, just to finish top five was yourself, Nathan. So that was... Uh, that was JP first, wasn't it? JP was third. So pleasingly, there was first, second, third, and fourth were each of the sort of Grand Alliance there, Chaos, Order, Death, and Destruction. So that was uh, that's quite satisfying. Um, moving down the awards, so we had the... Uh, that was first place and runner-up by Trophies 4. Nothing for third place, unfortunately. We, 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 we put much more trophies into the kind of mid-lower tables and rewarding the the best player voting and the best and the top, uh, best army. Um, how did people uh, take that? Um, I've got a question there from Johnny about how how we view the change from best in alliance based on votes rather than table position. So, I thought it was a really good move. Yeah, there's good. been a bit of positive feedback on it so far. Um, some messages floating about the various chats and whatnot seem to like it. I, I really like it to be honest. Mm. Um, I'm going to. I think I'll it. I'll copy it for. Um, for Northern Invasion. I mean, we always support best sports, and we have done for a couple of years now through the through the podcast and things by giving trophies. I think that that's a really I'd never thought about doing that sort of thing. So um, it was uh, it was really exciting, totaling it up. Me and Johnny. So he uh, it was great of Johnny about to sort of help with the kind of admin stuff on the day, and uh, day two I put him to work, and he he wrote out three little uh, sorry thirty six little slips for everybody to with a one two three on it. Um, and their name at the top, so that we could give you it as you handed in your final score sheet, yeah. um, and ask you for your three best games. Um, first place gets three points, second place gets two points, etc. So it was really, uh, it was really cool watching them come back in with had the spreadsheet set up and just totalizing as it went, and uh, it, it went, it went down to the last vote, and it was, it was really cool seeing it. It was really exciting. <laughs> that, that was our kick on, on game five. Yeah. Um, we've seen that all coming in because because everyone basically got a vote, um, and it was it, it was tight. So and I, yeah, think aside, as, I think aside from you there, Nathan, you, I was just saying, aside from Nathan, who, who obviously didn't hold up his, uh, his side of the, uh, of the team, the rest of us did quite well from the, uh, from the podcast, really, didn't we, in the best spot? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll come, we'll come, we'll come back well to that. I don't know how well I did for best sports because nobody because... actually posted how many sports votes you got. But your compatriot, I've been told, did vote for me. So there you go. He obviously thought I was a nice guy. Yeah, he <laughs> told me he did. He told me he did. He really enjoyed the game. But yeah, game. so JP got the best destruction, didn't he? And Liam the best chaos. Yeah, G- Li- Liam getting the best GP sports votes. You see, G- Liam getting the best is amazing. Yeah, and <laughs> then a, I, I got joined itself. Yes. So I, I did. Um, I did say to Eric, there was uh, actually Eric and Liam were tied for for chaos. Okay. Um, and we decided, Johnny and myself, because Liam had more votes. Rather, so cumulatively, he basically had five votes. So everyone voted for Liam. Everyone of games, Liam's opponents voted for him. Wow, and we thought that's the most appropriate way to, to sort out the ties. Um, but I did tell Eric that he was he was very very close. So that's great. Um. For death, it was you and Luke who were yeah. a clean tie. There was we couldn't split you, so it it, it was going to be a dice off, the old fashioned dice off. But uh, you being the true sportsman, uh, yeah. just gave it to him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the way he. <laughs> I awesome. said last week when we did the list show that he didn't deserve to. He he should have had a free drink off everyone. That was some ballsy list he took. Um, and I'm 
Yeah. I'm, I'm not dice enough to, to take a best sports <laughs> vote, uh, trophy away from somebody to know that. He definitely deserves it. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, JP got the destruction vote by by uh, one point from Grant Fraser. So that was really, really close. That was kind of the last voting slip coming in, basically. really That was the excitement there. And Adam Turner got the order prize for his uh, for his um, fleet KO fleet, um, which was which was excellent. He obviously played that very well with his opponents. So well done to him. all. It was a good um, game. Me and him yeah. didn't even start playing until there was... an hour into the round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I was going around taking photos for my kind of one hour in social media spam. And there was nothing on your table, so it's like, yeah, oh, we were just, we nothing, were just so. chatting. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool. Sorry, I'm sitting being here. Right. So moving down the prizes, that was the best armies. Uh, the mid table master, which was the farm hammer prize, the lovely um, LED flashing um, goat prize. Grant did his very best to try and win his own prize. Um, <laughs> he ended up with a nice, a nice symmetrical score of two wins, one draw, and two losses. So he was uh, he was he finished eighteenth, um, only three VP ahead of nineteenth place, which was nineteenth place was going to get the mid table master, and that went to Neil Montgomery from Northern Ireland. So he was a Grant. really nice bloke as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. He took it well. He got a bit of a ribbon off his mates, like, but uh, <sighs> and everybody yeah, else. He was getting he was getting punted to the Scotland team, wasn't he? From yeah, <laughs> saying you can have him. Is <laughs> the best of the is the best of the bottom half. So you know, top of the bottom. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so that was the mid table master that that left to go over over the uh, over the water to Northern Ireland, and that left the spoon, the only other prize, um, which ended up going down to Newcastle. The only person to not to lose all five games, and that was Thomas Carrot with his um, with his got trick deepkin. So there you go, got yeah. trick took the spoon. <laughs> Trek took the spoon. Yeah, interesting <laughs> uh, bit of stats. I'll pop in while JP's not here to shut me down. But out of all the Gotrek lists at all three uh, two-day tournaments this weekend, I was the only one to go four and one. So Gotrek isn't a there problem. Everybody's crybabies. Uh, <laughs> I think the average score he got was two losses and three, uh, two wins and three losses. Looking at the yeah. stats over the I'm weekend, looking- so. Looking at ours, it was 36th place, 33rd, 31st. That's the first three. And then, yeah, a wee bit higher as well. So, yeah, there we go. Archeon's the real villain. Yep. The villain. He won all three, didn't he? Did yeah, Archeon won all three, three of them. All yeah. three of them, yeah. Yeah. That's so I think that was... Uh, I think that was all the prizes taken care of. Oh, the best army stuff. I was going to say the best army. So that we, we, me and Johnny went round on day one, I think it was, with a bit of paper each and looked at each army as the games were going on. And we both came back with about 15 names on it. And we're like, this is ridiculous. We've got to get this down to a manageable number. And I said, well, eight, I think it's about as manageable as we can get and still get a good sample for three prizes, you know. So we spent the next kind of hour, you know, chopping and bartering and whittling it down to to eight armies we could put in. So if you weren't nominated, um, there's a good chance you were pretty damn close because there was a few years we went back and forth to the table and like we, we only ended up, we said like, well, we'll have, we're having three Realm Lords up there, so let's just pick one of the Realm Lords. We, we had uh, um, Liam was, he got the nod and he was close 
with a Slanesh army that I think it was, it was Anthony Johnson's from Newcastle. His was very close. Um, and it went like that on for ages. You know, there was there was just so many armies that we wanted to put up, but we had to make it reasonable, manageable for everybody. So it ended up being eight armies. There's pictures on my Twitter if you want to go and see them. Um, but the winner of that one by, I think, a reasonable margin in the end was was JP and his and his filthy gets, who, as he said in the last the last pod, are now on display in Warhammer World. So nice one. Um, they got a lot of love on Twitter. Uh, Runner-up was Kara and her Beasts of Chaos, sort of really dark, um, moody-looking, heavily converted, kind of blanchy, almost, I suppose, like Ben Sava-esque kind of dark um, chaos. What, what, as a person? Or is it? (laughs) No, uh, no. (laughs) What are you saying? That's a bit bit insulting to the boy. I'm I'm not getting into that T-shirt, so there you go. Uh, No. Yeah, so uh, so well done, Cara. That's her first tournament, and she 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 did well with the with the, with the army votes there. And third place, Adam and his KO. So he was he was yeah. taking prizes all along. It was um, difficult. I thought his army looked. It was difficult Sorry. to vote. Just having one selection uh, for such good lists across the board, they were all great, weren't they? Uh, so would you prefer a sort of top two or top three? Do you think it is a lot uh, of admin maybe. and stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, similar to what you did with the sports, like three mm. points for first, two for second, one for third or something might be good. It um, did cross my mind and I thought, no, nah, just go with one just now. But maybe that's something if it's, yeah, maybe it's something for maybe. future. Maybe. Um, but I thought Adams looked awesome when it was set up in the yeah. sort of uh, flying flying wing formation. It was, uh, with the mat beneath it, it looked superb. Um, so check out the pictures if you like, if you want to see more. I'll try and put them on Facebook as well. Actually, I haven't spanned Facebook yet. The Facebook groups. So um, now that I'm, now that I've got back to normality, I might spam them. So I think that's all the prizes. Um, I've got a couple of questions I was going to just chuck in that I got yeah. asked. Um, I've got one as well for you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, one thing I've just written in a little bit of paper here was timing. Now we had two and three quarter hours for what was the first AOS 3 event with people playing a lot of new armies, et cetera, et cetera. We know, we know some of the kind of factions that are the, the, the villains behind it, maybe Zinch, anything with horrors in it might be a slow army. But how did you feel it was over the weekend? We, we were a bit stressed game day one. We did I did hold back the start of the round one for our, our last car full to arrive. But beyond that, fit, we did have... Mine were finished we did, have, uh, we did yeah, have a few I, rolling I, over... Um, I did, I did get tighter on day two and try and lock it into a max of 10 minutes because day one we did go quite far over that in a couple of games. Yeah. No, all mine were done on time. Um, my first game where we were both still getting used to it, um, we did finish on time, but then it was filling in the score sheets because the score sheets were a bit complicated um, yeah. just to get used to. So that took us a bit long, longer so the sheet didn't get in on time but the, the game was certainly finished comfortably on time and then the last one um, I think when you came around saying there's 10 minutes left we were just rolling Gotrex attacks uh, into yeah. the gash and yeah that one finished on time but uh, one or two of them um, yeah one of them finished so within we, an hour so you know it's yeah going we, we, too much longer in we had one game at the end of day one that went twenty five minutes over, um, and that was uh, that, that that one of those was one of those armies was each. 
so that was a, that was an issue. Um, I was slightly concerned about table one at the end because it was inch versus inch. Yeah, it's an important game. You need to get that one right. Um, but they actually finished with about an hour left. <laughs> so well done, Lee. You managed to um, forced concession. <laughs> forced concession. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a. Uh, so that was good from my from my point of view. Um, so timing. What, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in touch with everybody and see what their, what their thoughts are on that. Um, I think if you go too much longer, if you go too much longer, I think you risk um, yeah. some people having a couple of hours to wait between games or more. Yeah, which I don't is want just as bad as I don't want three hour rounds. Yeah, I don't want three hour rounds because because you, no. you're eating into the Saturday night when people want to go and have a pint or just go and rest. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't think there was any. I don't think there was any general issues, was there? Outside of the the armies that so. were playing slow, there wasn't like although it was a new game for most, I, I don't think that there was like a consistent people running over, especially in day two. At least I didn't yeah. observe it. Um, no. But that's, I do that's think what I hope that for. it might be. Would... <clears throat> Go on, sir. So I was going to say that's what I hoped for. I hope folk would, would would level up as the tournament went on, and and you know be able to tighten up a bit, especially on day two. Yeah, I think they did, um, but I do think that it is very. There's some things in the game that would make it very easy for people to build lists that just won't finish on time. Like if somebody yeah. was to play Lee's list and not do the preparation that Lee had done in order to get that game finished you will not finish the game in time if you're trying to muddle your way through that much spell casting yep. so in your pack it was if two or more of your games didn't finish on time then there would be a discretionary 10 point penalty like that needs to remain in packs and be applied to people that can't finish the game through the list that they've chosen to take because you don't need to take that yep. like you can you can take something you can actually give your opponent a game. It's a social contract. You're there to to play with your opponent, not play, not play play a game with them, not play with them, <laughs> like playing with your food. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's um, play at them. Yeah, play at them. Yeah. So like, if if you're gonna take something like that, you need to to do your homework and play it right in the, the right way. Because the worst thing that could possibly happen is just everybody take Lee's list to the next couple of events and just never finish their their games. No, the consensus in the chat seems to be that um, they're happy with the length. Two forty five is fine. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to go three, and I think two and a half is risky. Um, but we'll see. It, it, you don't want to alienate newer players who are just getting yeah. into the game either. Um, and I think two forty five. Uh, I think two forty five is a good. A good happy medium at the minute. What did you think about your score? The score sheet. And yeah, the score you... sheet. I want to get feedback from folk. Um, it was a, a wee bit chaotic on it, and I think it can be the way the format I've done it can be improved. But I did get a lot of folks saying it was good to be able to tick it off and try and keep track of things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What about the progress, maybe? But granularity of feeling. wins, major wins, draws, etc. Because obviously. Yeah. You were using VP, well, um, battle points or whatever they're called, battle tactics yeah, yeah. points as the victory points. Tiebreaker, <clears throat> that's it, victory points. Um, I like that yeah. we've moved away from kill points. I don't know. 
did did you, did you get positive feedback on using that, or do you think that having more granularity in the actual scorings? A way it didn't to really make yeah, a difference, did it? I don't know. There was nobody on duplicate VP put it that way, so strength of schedule did not come into play, being the second tiebreaker. Strength Maybe of schedule had enough. at least at the top. Strength of schedule was sorting it in the same way, I think, wasn't it? Like the players that had more, more VP still had higher. At least I know JP had a higher strength of schedule than me, and we were on the same score. Uh, JP so. 12.4, Nathan 11.2. Yeah, so Mark benefited from the TP. He was he was sixth with 120. So, uh, yeah, 80, 80 tournament points from four wins, 120 VP. His strength of schedule was only eight. It was it was one of the lowest, if not the lowest, of the kind of upper half. Um, he would have commented to probably the bottom of the... Funny run. <laughs> yeah, he would have been bottom of the four ones. Uh, but as it stood, he was, yeah, in the middle of it. So the VP had a, had a good effect for him. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, let's get feedback on it. Let's, let's try it out. I, I don't know. Before we move on from the scoring sheet, Scott, to um, page 17 yep. in the GHB actually has a scoring sheet. Have you had a look at it? I know that's what Lee had been using in his practice games, and it just seems a lot simpler. Yeah. So Lee made that point, and I, honestly, I didn't even look at it. I just assumed it was crap because it was GW. Um, yeah, uh, nobody looked at it. It might be looking at it more. I've dissected how this happened. The GHB wasn't out, and people were playing AOS 3. And people made their own before the GHP came out. And people went people to the, copied the one that people, people went made. to the Honest Wargamer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I went to the Honest Wargamer and, and kind of added to it. That's what I did. Um, but yeah, let, let's look at that as well. I mean, let's let's get something that's clear and works. Again, get, the chat prefer it. They're saying the light VP over strength of schedule and kill points. Uh, makes you play the mission to the end, and Lee's saying that it's easier to talk out with you. Uh, with VPs. well, this is always, I mean, I, I like strength of schedule, but uh, the, the counter argument is you're not in control of it. VP, you are more in control of, you can you can influence your own VP a bit more. Okay, if you're getting taken off the table, you know, you're not going to score VP as much as possible, you can still score some, but it's but it's more in your control. So at the moment, I quite like it like this, but yeah, what about the auto it's, it's win the, games? How would you the auto, how would you score those? Like the ones where you auto there. win. There's only one. Well I, I yeah, I ignored that one. And I ignored the ones mm. with the kind of non-linear scoring, the kind of Star Strike Veins of Gur mission, which you can get you know huge amounts of VP. Maybe it doesn't matter because you're all playing the same mission. I don't know. But I ignored it. To try and keep a cap on things. So Lee suggested capping the total VP in those missions, you know. Yeah, you for could the, do potentially. For yeah, entering it onto, a, the, a onto the spreadsheet, percentage score like for it, each it um, might, each mission and, yeah. and giving it as a score of zero to hundred based on the ratio. It may actually be not a bad shout overall if we're going to use VP to cap it on the maximum score, not including points for killing monsters <clears> and bonus <throat> points for scoring with a monster, or maybe give one or two extra points for those because. Like JP will admit it himself, the reason him and Sean scored so high on the VP is because their lists have so many monsters in them. So maybe it does mean that everybody just needs to play into the meta and take nothing but monster mm -hmm. armies in order to compete with VP, if that is the way it's going to go. But yeah, you could probably solve the problem 
by capping VP for the tournament score for the for the tiebreaker, and then let it come yeah. down to strength of schedule if people are tied on VP. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So food for thought, anyway. Yeah. Right. A couple of questions. Shall I crack on? I think we're, yeah, we're about go, fifteen go, minutes go. left on our two-hour slot. So the questions I got asked. Um, Twenty minutes. Cool. The uh, day one. This came up with Eric and Stephen during their game uh, two, which was Lumineth versus Soulblight. And it's a question regarding Teclas's, uh protection spell. Which is the holy within kind of ward save, five up ward save, I think it is. A unit holy within, uh, 18 or something like that. I've just clicked away from the screen here. Versus how you allocate and remove models um, from the unit who are not holy within that range, that spell range, if you see what I'm saying here. So the question was I think Eric was, was playing it that you can allocate your, your wounds and remove your models as it's going and therefore get the unit into range for the spell to kick in during that round of um, damage or round of attacks. Whereas Stephen's point, and I think that's the correct point, having spent, actually finally understood the question, having messaged Stephen after the tournament, um, they ended up sorting it out themselves because I said, listen, I have no idea. I'm going to look at this. And they came to a quick agreement themselves, which is great. That kept the game flowing. Um, and if you look at sort of section 14.1, 14.2, page 72, the handbook about allocating wounds and slain models, it does say wounds are allocated to models in a unit, one wound at a time. You can allocate wounds as you see fit, blah, 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 blah. Um, 14.2 is the key bit, though, I think here. It's um, a slain model is removed from play after all the wounds caused to its unit have been allocated and all the attacks that inflict damage on that unit have been resolved. Yes, yeah, so that's so the you don't thing with OS3. Yeah, I think Stephen appreciated that. I don't think Eric had quite got there yet. Uh, and that was the question. So that was an important one, um, and one that I've sort of subsequently fully understood. So that it didn't have an effect rule. on the game, as I understand it, so that was good. So that, that is the rule that was creating the loophole for Pink Horrors to allocate only 10 damage to the unit before like and just nullifying all all further damage that's why you had to put it in your pack mm-hmm. that damage rolls over into blues and brimstones if that makes it's sense it's just a shit it's just a shit cool, way yeah. though of people yeah. removing models so that subsequent attacks aren't out of range it's just a shit way of saying it isn't it it's like so you've got multiple used... weapons it's saying yeah, I'm using my daggers, and then the guy says, "Well, you've killed those three now. You can't use your your hammers. Yeah. That's got an extra rip. like inch. that." Always was in the game, though. It was always in the it game. Was. And it's saying exactly the same thing. It's just a shit way of saying it. Yeah, I, I agree, um, but the it does make a difference for this, and I think that Stephen was the one that was saying that you couldn't allocate a wound one at a time until you're within your board save range. Am I correct, Scott? Is that Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is slightly confusing because it does say wounds are allocated. Yes. It's slightly confusing because it does say wounds are allocated one wound at a time. Yeah. And that's the way it always did play in the OS2. It was one at a time. You could remove models until you were within your aura range. Then you could start applying the save. And he's probably been playing Lumineth in AOS2 as well. But this is a distinct change in AOS3 to stop that. So I think that that is the right way to do it. 
Yeah. So that's important to that's important to note. Um, second question, moving on. I think it's a quick one, but it isn't really. Well, I couldn't see it. Me and Johnny both looked for this. Um, question was: Summoned units, do they have the the battlefield role um, applied to them when they come on? So, presumably, so I think it was in so it was in Adams Adam Turner's game versus John Bayless. This was the KO versus the Sylvaneth um, Cities Army. Sorry, where. I think the tactic, the battle tactic that Adam was wanting to score was kill some battle line, presumably of some of John's stuff that was summoned on. I think that's what it was. So the question was, do they have a battlefield role? You know, it was, it was. I think it was defined clearly in AOS two, maybe a fact that they don't. But I can't see anything in AOS three currently, either. So the, the battle tactic is about... pick a. Sorry, I think I've got a delay, and that's probably why I'm cutting you off. Um, the. Battlefield role one for battle line is pick a battle line unit in your opponent's starting army. Starting army, okay. A clear, yeah, a, so a, that, that gets around battle. it. But I do think that they do have the battlefield role of battle line, but it doesn't really matter because it's not part of the starting army. Which I found out when I tried to sum, right. I tried to score the get two of your units in your opponent's territory. Both of those that are does imply army. then that, that they will, doesn't it? Then because there's been that debate raging. If it says a battle line unit from the starting army, that would indicate that you could have a battle line unit that isn't from your starting army. Yeah. So does that, yeah, I don't does know that mean that if you summon on 10 plague bearers? Well, I don't think it has any, really. Well, do the missions that have the battle line or the leader, you know, for scoring, do they say starting army? Uh, question. That, that was my character point. Can, can they then score? Comments here, so... Lee's saying is they're not starting. something in the rulebook FAQ, but I think the rulebook FAQ has been taken down. Not that I could see. No, I've got it. I still had it. Not that I could see. But maybe I think I he's it. saying he was told he couldn't use his summoned keeper to score the hero mission. Um, but if it says... It must be somewhere in the core rules. Yeah, we'll find it. It's not, it, it's not in the Apex Predators mission. It just says no. friendly leader, but... I, I'm assuming that there's something either in the FAQ or the, the core rules that doesn't let them. We'll follow up on it, Sinky, and get back so to I was, you. So I was kind of keyword searching the PDF. I was flicking through it. I couldn't see it. Neither could Johnny, but maybe we've missed it. So it'd be good to clear that one up. Yeah. Um, we'll have a lot. Third question that came up again. Suggestion in, but we'll come back to that one next week, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Third question that came up was also the KO thing. Um, do heroes in boats count towards scoring objectives? No. Um, now this was subsequently clarified because <laughs> it's on the war scroll actually it said yeah. they don't and that's the only bit I didn't look at was the bloody war scroll so <laughs> at the time I said they could so Adam got one off me there um, I think John ended up winning that game anyway so it wasn't a wasn't an important it's one very that was much, a, uh, another question that came Schrodinger's up. ironclad because <laughs> uh, they're there in some instances and they're not in others so yeah no, it's, mm. yeah, it's quite clear. The, I only know that because of playing them that you can't um, you can't score count towards objectives. There we go. Yeah. So it's good to know. Good to add the knowledge here. Yeah, the last one I've written that if here. you roll it one way, uh, it's clearly the other. <laughs> well, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> when, when he's involved, yes. Um, the last one was it actually came up twice. Was I think well, first one was used to when you're charging, kind of over. Yeah. Uh, bit of terrain um, and you can't land flat but you can tilt over and still you know, legally land if you know what I mean um, is that allowed? No, I, 
it was the gash. He flies. He's got a big thermoplate base, but you can still squeeze it in if you kind of tilted him down. It wasn't one of these where he's you're imagining him being horizontal or at ninety degrees or anything stupid like that. Um, no, so he was just at like were happy thirty-five degrees yeah. from the floor. Yeah, I think that's it's almost. Uh, I couldn't find anything you know brutally honest about it in the rules, and you guys were happy with that. I was happy to play it that way. Yeah. I don't know if you maybe saw Ian saying he couldn't wait to do it against Richie, where he was just going to have all his models tilted up on bits of scenery. Um, you know, it's definitely allowed. But you know what? If it, yeah. Yeah, and I th- the fact he was flying made it more comfortable in my head as well, you know. And it came up again with eels charging over terrain um, in, in Jack's game, the same bit of terrain, basically. I don't think um, it's going to last again, for long. You could land it in it. I think yeah, that there's so. going to be a lot of impassable terrain coming in. So yes. all of the faction terrain, or well, some of it, at least anyway, like Nawholes, for example, quite yeah. uh, commonly yeah. had stuff deployed in them or whatever, but they're now impassable. So same as the if, uh, pot. Okay. Yeah, you can't so get in your pot anymore. Scenery, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if a piece of scenery is impassable, then yeah, you can't land on it. So we might see that crop up more and more now. Yeah, which would be good for the game because it would good stop stuff. JP putting his yeah. stuff twelve feet in there. <laughs> or, or more Mr. Harper, he does Bellicor standing at atop an enormous uh, dwarven column. It was against JP versus though, JP. So JP, would, JP probably told yeah. him to put it there, and it was JP's Bellicor. So, <laughs> yes, that's right. So there you go. I've enabled calling. Oh, here we go. Oh, is that Sinky? Oh no. Oh, Sinky's messaged me to love remind. times one to us. I don't know what that means, but he sent it us. He's messaged me to say, remind, remind, uh, remind Bazooka of his loss to me, wink. <laughs> so you must oh, be proud of that one. The Bazooka will get his own back. The way I hear it, it was the Bazooka's loss to himself, and Sinky was just a passenger. But there we go. <laughs> Is Paul in the chat? I think Paul might be. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Let's let's hear this. We've heard your we've heard your side, Sinky. Let's hear Paul's side of his ear. Oh crikey! How do we do it? I've enabled calling, but I don't think that helps. Hang on. The Where's Paul? No, he he have to speak. I think we could get Sink. We could only get Sinky's view, and I think that's biased and one sided. So maybe we should. Yeah. Let's not get Sinky's view. <laughs> Lee's in the chat. Lee is Lee going to join? No, get the winner in. Get the winner in. Okay, we have seven minutes before cut off. Let's get him in. Get that cheating slag on to defend himself. Oh, are you there, Lee? Who's there? No, are you muted? He's frantically trying to figure what end of the phone is up. Uh, yes. No, we have no link. No, says he's there, but I can't hear him. Yeah, I can see him. Oh, well. Says his mic's live, but there you go. He's away. Please no, call him. Please call him. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. You had your moment. A man I'm connected. <laughs> I'm connected. Uh, see, this is this has been a lot. Well, it's been a lot more smooth today. We've not had a chance to. Um, yeah, to go over. Hang on, here we go. Here's where it could all go wrong. Let's let's see how this works. Can you add him in? 
Maybe you need that a bit. Oh, there no. we go. Why are we doing this? Oh, he's, he's definitely muted. Clown. He is muted. <laughs> Come on, Sinky. Are you working? Oh, dear. It's just <laughs> no. none of these people know how to speak. So next time, maybe we'll work out how to let you speak. It worked last time. On my phone, he says. Off my phone. <laughs> no, it's not working, mate. We're going to disconnect you. So on that bombshell, I think, uh, yeah, we'll we'll maybe uh, try people on a, a call in next time. Uh, we, we're within time. See, now we know it's just uh, JP and Liam that make us go run over. So maybe when we have five of us. When we have five of us, it, it does take a while. And I've not had a beer all night. So There we go. That might help. I'm drinking a bottle of hell. Hell? Yes. Oh, my God. My, I'm, I'm recovering still from the weekend. My foot's uh, struggling. The gout. When you get to my age. Yeah. <laughs> you gout. I do. I get the gout in my bloody foot. Fucking gout. Me there. Oh, hang on. Me he wants to call in as a speaker. Oh, here we go. Oh. So it worked. There he is. Hey. Oh, Hi, it's because I didn't give her permission. All right. You didn't give us permission. Uh, I know. You can kick me back out now. I'm just glad it works. So so go on. We've got we've got three minutes. Tell us what happened with Mr. Bazooka. Oh, I had to feed him twenty demon eights essentially and be a bit janky. He wiped him off the board without breaking a sweat, but that let my keeper get in and roll triple six for the mortal wounds. Triple so, six. <laughs> did 15 flat mortal wound damage, and his wee face was tripping him. But I, like JP says, it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> and how was your weekend, Sinky? Did you enjoy it? Oh, that was probably the best weekend I've ever had. Like just seeing everyone again, the armies on display. You can't like, say you that. Can't say you that. can't say you that. Can't you can't say that. You're, you're married, like. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, tell everyone what weekend it was. Oh yeah, it was my anniversary on the Sunday. That's why I had the <laughs> in the world. Don't let her listen to this. <laughs> she just hit me. <laughs> oh dear. We'd all hit you if you were closer. Um, highlight of the weekend was playing Stephen Mitchell, I think. When I said, can I do my beast, I forgot it. And he just turned around and goes, I just assumed you failed it. Rolled my dice again and failed my roar again for the fourth time that game. <laughs> yeah, what are you giving him a best player vote for that? No, well, well done, Scott. Well done, everyone, with their painting, by the way. The armies on display throughout the whole tournament were just unreal. Everyone made a top effort. Except you. Yeah, it was really good. Cool. Here we go. Hang on. <laughs> Lee, Lee's coming in. He's coming last minute. See you later, oh, Sinky. You're going. <laughs> Is it working now? Yes. Hey. Same thing with Sinky. I have to tell him permissions on. Uh-huh. You get to rebut Nathan now with all his smack talk earlier on. Tell us how crap oh, he, he was. He was perfectly right. <laughs> well done, See Lee. That? See that player code? It can get to F. <laughs> <laughs> player code's overrated. That's what we were saying, isn't it? Aye. <laughs> no, well done, Lee. You did really good. Uh, and Cheers. you managed to finish that game in really good time, that last one as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So what, what's your thoughts then on the scoring? You were saying cap things at 30, maybe? Aye. So, like, it's 28 for basic for the one, two more. And then you get, like, add an extra two points for, like, killing monsters or doing stuff mm. with a monster to make it up to 30. Yeah. So if you've got, like, 50-odd points in Star Strike, you just come back down to 30. Mm. But uh, if you're doing a normal mission, you just cap at 30. And then if you do have, like, loads of monsters like the beer map armies, then they're going to generally be coming in, like, 35. So they'll come back down to 30. So mm. you should balance it a bit. Yeah, well, well, with a couple Sports of tournaments, trade. I'm sure we'll we'll smooth it out yeah. and come up with something consistent. And then just don't play the auto-win one. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should have Definitely a tournament that's just auto-win ones. <laughs> There's only I one. always like the first game on the second day to be the auto-win, so that well, I can you know, get to would, my couch nice and have short, a kick. You could have 90-minute rounds then, couldn't you? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best of... You could have a seven-round tournament. Yeah, in the auto win one's not too bad. It's just the not the the rubbish of losing an objective, burning an objective, and then you're auto winning without actually doing anything. Yeah, that makes it even worse, though, in my opinion. The the auto one being able to remove an objective it kind of removes the draw from the game because uh, it's going to be much harder to castle. Well, we're into our last our last minute, so we will say goodbye to you, Lee. Thank yeah. you very much for joining us, and well done again. Well done, Lee. Yeah, Thank congratulations. You. Right then, so uh, on that high, happy note, I'm going to say good night from Orkney. Good night from Glasgow. Shit, where they live again? <laughs> good night from outside of Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> we've been further out <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually glad <laughs> we'll hopefully get back again soon um, try and work out this technology it seems to be a really really smooth and easy to use platform <laughs> oh, really God. seamless seamless. Yeah, seamless. I, just, I just noticed a little nugget for people that stuck around if it's still live the back of the GHB has a rules reference on it it does yeah how Why is Sinky got a crown on? Sinky's got a crown on. His little wee man. Anyway, <laughs> we're about to be disconnected. <laughs> we'll find that out next time. Uh, see people soon. Thanks for joining us. Catch you later, guys.